I know there are some people, and you might be one of them, who are fascinated by biblical prophecy. I'm talking specifically about the prophecy that is foretelling, not just forthtelling. People tend to be fascinated by talk of the beast and the antichrist and numbers on the forehead and things like that. Admit it. How many of the Left Behind books have you read? How many world leaders have you looked at and thought they could be the antichrist? It's that kind of fascination which prompts the words of Jesus in today's scripture reading. The disciples of Jesus had come to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Our scripture reading for today comes from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which all focus on the same specific section of Jesus' answer to his disciples. Here's how Matthew tells it. Jesus says, the day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Now at this point, Matthew himself interrupts his retelling to give a note to those who are reading his gospel. Reader, pay attention. Then we go back to what Jesus is saying. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days, and pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive, but it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Then, if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. These prophetic words of Jesus were fulfilled less than 40 years later when Jerusalem was gutted and the temple destroyed in 70 AD. They continue to be fulfilled as we wait for Jesus' return. Beyond that, I don't have any particular insight or interpretation of these prophecies. What I do have is an understanding that humanity is no closer to fixing themselves today than they were 2,000 years ago. The term self-help is an oxymoron both for individuals and societies, and only the outside intervention of God himself can heal the brokenness of each of us, both personally and collectively. The good news is this, God has a plan. He always has had a plan. He's not making up a plan as he goes along. He isn't watching Fox and CNN and trying to figure out who to believe and what's going to happen next and what he's going to do. He, he has a plan. In this passage, Jesus is only two days away from being crucified, but he is sitting with his disciples, calmly explaining the much larger vision and more extensive plan God is processing and that is playing out in front of them. In his letter to the church at Ephesus, Paul explains God's plan this way. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. So 
Whatever hardship, circumstance, or tribulation you're going through today or the rest of this week, remember, God has a plan. You are part of his plan. His plan brings us and everyone under the authority of Christ, and the plan includes your reception of a godly inheritance, which you have received by faith in Jesus Christ. So have a great day, and keep the faith. Thank you.